0: OTB Rugby The last thing you want to do is actually give inspiration. That said, you can talk all you like when you've had three man of the matches in eight games. You know, you're delivering on the pitch.
1: Subscribe to the Rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now.
0: Ball daily.
2: Yes, you are welcome to today's extravaganza. I'm so so giddy. I just uh, I just can't really get through the next few hours without this constant giddiness and wanting to celebrate what must indeed be one of the greatest sporting weekends ever. Certainly one of the most um, celebrated St. Patrick's uh, weekends ever. Um, I'm standing in for John Duggan today. John Duggan has been to the Nam, Cheltenham, and he probably needs a couple of days off. That's Aidan Delaney, you'll hear laughing uh, in the corner. We'll have plenty of laughs today. Uh, and I, I, actually, I'm going to ask the question Is this the greatest St. Patrick's weekend ever? Ireland are on the back of. Um, Cheltenham domination winning 18-10 in the Presby Cup obviously winning three of the big four championship races um, and seemingly on the cusp of a first ever Lansdowne Road Grand Slam um, and that's obviously going to dominate the discourse throughout the day at the moment it's Scotland 5 Italy 6 in the early game um, last uh, night indeed we had the first ever St. Patrick's Day clash of Shamrock Rovers St. Patrick's Athletic which must be the most marketable game in the League of Ireland really good crowd in Tala unbelievable goal from Jack Byrne and you know the League of Ireland is just in a place that it's never been certainly in my lifetime later on the show we'll discuss that and obviously the two big Ireland games coming up the viz of Latvia and France to Dublin it's a bumper weekend of Gaelic football as well our man Galway a fascinating one later on invoking memories of that absolute classic that we had last year how indeed can you not be giddy coming up in today's show on the carryout Rugby panel, we have Devon Toner in studio. Brent Pope's in studio. We'll also have Katie Fitzhenry. Uh, so much to get through in the hour. It'll be hard to get through the hour uh, indeed. We have Gary Cronin then coming in with Dan McDonald in studio uh, for Football Saturday. Damien Delaney will be on Skype. Then we have Andy Dunn for the Grand Slam Decider with Aidan. That's at half four. At 5pm, we're going to review the Six Nations uh, so far with Brent Pope. Brent Pope and Grace Stavas and chat about the uh, game as it goes on. Richie Forrest will be reflecting on Cheltenham at 6pm. It was an epic Cheltenham. In my view, the greatest that we've had since the four-day festival anyway. And uh, yeah, so... How would you not be giddy, Aidan?
1: I definitely not. It's, you know, especially with, you know, St. Patrick's Day yesterday. And there has been this kind of just this wave of euphoria has been sweeping through the, the whole city, I suppose, for the last little while. Everybody's just been so happy. Even coming in today, there was, you know, a, a few heads knocking around, a few hangovers, I suppose, people trying to, to get off. But there's just a joy around the place, I suppose. And that's exactly what you want to have coming into a weekend, especially when, you know, we're favourites going into today. When's the last time we've really said that against England? And, you know, it's, it's a deserved favouritism as well.
2: Is favouritism? Speaking of hangovers, we have uh, Constitution Hill in, or sorry, Cameron Hill in the corner. Hey, very good,
3: Johnny. Why are you hungover? Um, I don't know if you heard, but it was uh, Paddy's Day yesterday. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I I didn't overindulge. It was yeah a nice family friendly Paddy's Day. You know yourself. Good fun. Very good fun. Really good and great vibe around the city. Obviously with today's action and um, yeah, I think it's the first real post-COVID Paddy's. I think even last year we were still. Like, we still had a few restrictions, so everyone kind of went and embraced the day, which was nice. Yeah, this isn't going to be
2: um, all about booze's show, but I did have to laugh at the Dublin by pub tweet, Aidan, of a couple of uh, a couple of hours ago. Apropos of nothing, here is a list of Dublin pubs with no televisions. Gravediggers, Grogan's, <laughs> the Stuff, The Big Romance, <laughs> Neary's, The Brew doc. Feel free free to reply with any that I might have missed. There have been a lot of replies. Not everyone is watching the
1: rugby today somehow. No, maybe some people watching. Uh, maybe Southampton, Spurs, maybe the biggest game of the day. Man no, City, maybe. Burnley as well, yeah, um, of course. which is going to be interesting. The rugby itself,
2: uh, I, I, Ireland are ten to one on today. I imagine we've never been this short in the betting against England, and there's almost like we'll we'll, we'll chat to the guys about this at half one. But there's almost like. Um, it almost like mirrors the political situation in a sense that Brexit has has really um, you know reduced I would argue England to a place that hasn't been in the world in terms of the, its global kind of standing anyway Ireland um, you know leading the way as the English speaking country in the EU and all of that and somehow in our in the rugby fraternity Ireland are raging hot favourites to beat England today and win a first Grand Slam and England roundly telling everyone that we are the best team
1: in the world that's kind of been the the scary thing that there isn't really this bullishness that we're expecting from the English pundits and everything like that you know I've been listening to the likes of Stephen Jones and Chris Jones of course on our show last night and uh, they're just holding their hands up and saying this is the best Irish team we've ever seen I think Stephen Jones went to say that this might be the best ever Six Nations, Five Nations team ever uh, which is kind of scary now and I I mean I'm trying to learn to embrace this favourite stag you know we're we're good at being the underdog I think it suits us a little bit more but um, Andy Farrell certainly has no problems he's kind of been laid back this week we were talking earlier about how you know they were laughing in the middle of the the Scotland game with all the adversity they've had to overcome and that's kind of the the buzzword of the week adversity but um there's certainly a, a team that's embracing the favorites tag and you know when you are so hotly favored you might as well enjoy it as well
2: yeah i couldn't agree more and uh this isn't the sunday papers review cameron but there's great stuff really great stuff in the papers today and just off the top of my head Maliki Clerken's piece on um, Andy Farrell I think is a really really good read um, Eno Reardon's piece also in The Times Rory O'Connor and Vincent Hogan in The Independent um, you you saw other articles in The Independent actually as well
3: Yeah there was a great piece by Lindsay Peet in The Indo today about um, just the way they're able to not lose a run of themselves or get overly anxious she talks about her time in DCU Mercy and how her anxiety would infect the rest of her teammates and affect their performance so thereafter um whereas you get the sense even with the anecdote about them laughing at half time in the Scotland game, like Farrell has just imbued these guys with such confidence mm. that like even those big knocks, that adversity, it doesn't knock them at all. There would have been a time maybe a few years ago under Joe Schmidt where players might have felt when they wobble they're gonna fall over because just that's how um precise and accurate and to the minute. That team was, everything had to be perfect, otherwise, it wasn't. When you think back
1: to the Paul O'Connell injury in the World Cup, there was literally, you know, faces literally dropped as soon as that Mm. happened because it was like, this is one of our big players, he's gone now, how are we ever going to deal with this? But we haven't had that kind of fear in us. Uh, not maybe a little bit when Farrell first came in, but he's really sort of stamped his authority on this side now. Without it being, you know, a hard ass, he's he's not somebody that's cracking the whip every time. He's given players that little bit of freedom, and I think you know we're starting to see the benefits of that. We too. have two wingers
2: yeah. as well, uh, Southern Hemisphere-born, that mm. almost express that kind of joy that it is to be part of this team.
3: Yeah, and it's the subtlety that Farrell has used in building that confidence. I mean, much has been made of the fact that he picks a fairly consistent team all the time even if it's arguable that maybe there are players in better form than some of the players he picks but I think that's part of his strategy of keeping that consistency and making sure that the team environment is always consistent and always reliable and feels comfortable like we talk about Jack Carty is the one that everyone would bring up and say why isn't he playing and (laughs) I forgot that Jack Carty played in uh, the Six Nations last year. Mm-hmm. Um, like we talk about Jack Carty's last game for the Ireland team and it sounds like you need to go back and watch a Pathé news reel just to <laughs> see some stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's that consistency. It's all those little things that creates an environment where they're comfortable. You can see the players, the way they play. There's a joie de vivre about how they go about their business. And that is very, very hard to cultivate.
2: I think as well the adversity they've come through like that crazy French try in the first half and then the Scottish I mean everything that went wrong in the Scottish game just on Andy Farrell um, I was at a Cheltenham preview night a couple of weeks ago, met a couple of lads from the north of England who I'd essentially never met before. Um, we had a little a, a friendly Cheltenham best. We became a WhatsApp group. And now the WhatsApp group is called uh, One Irish Drag and Two Northern Ones, right? And they suggested <laughs> the name. And I was just, um, this is a, a kind of a convoluted way of saying, is there an affinity um, among, um, if you get a Northern Englishman like Jack Charlton, and what Jack did to this country is there an or, is there an affinity between the Northern Englishman and Irish people that just seems natural? And what is it about Andy Farrell because that photo of him and his grandson? How that wouldn't make you smile? I, I just don't know. And he, you know, he has to be spoken in the same era or the same sort of um, realm as Jack Charlton. If, if if he brings a Grand Slam here, not to mind the World Cup.
3: Yeah, whatever it is about Northern Englishmen, I think it's also. The rugby league aspect, mm, I think mm. they seem to be a lot more uh, like, well, I don't want to be um, dismissing anybody who plays Union or play, who comes from Southern England, but they have a good warmth to them in rugby league. I mean, Sean Edwards, when you watch those Lions documentaries from a couple of years ago, it's Farrell and Edwards who seem like the guys who, who build that good, fun team morale. Um I think one of the things you should do before today just to get yourself in the spirit of things is there's a clip of Andy Farrell on the 2017 tour and he's going through a team meeting and he says, you know, I've had five or six guys come up to me after training and just that's it for a bit more um, work, just five, just uh, five more minutes. And Ian Henderson, it, it looks like it's Ian Henderson, has his phone out and has Siri on. And Siri goes, I'm sorry, could you say that again? And without missing a beat, Farrell goes, I said, I've had six guys come up to me. Just everyone breaks into laughter. But that like, I can see just why, the, like when you see that clip. You see why there's such a good vibe around this team. And
2: and what I liked about him as well, when, when Ireland were, you know, when you're taking over from somebody like Schmidt, it, it takes time. And when Ireland were sort of, you know, they were going okay at the start of his rain he was so chilled out and uh, I would just say to anyone going to the game today if you're lucky enough to have a ticket I met a lad coming back from Luton Airport last night apparently Mac Hansen promised him a ticket then Mac Hansen's parents are like sorry Mac we're going to come over for the game so then he had to give
3: his tickets to his parents I don't think you can I think if you're that person you're going you know fair enough coming up um, from Australia
2: now the same guy uh, he was involved in Clontar Rugby and congratulations to Gonzaga by the way we'll talk about that uh, over the next hour or so but if you are lucky enough to go to the game and like um, Cameron says about looking up stuff look up 1985 look up uh, Michael Kiernan's drop goal keep your phone in your pocket keep your phone in your pocket until right at the end when the game is over make this an unbelievable atmosphere and I, I quote you know, uh, Vincent Hogan's piece today where he spoke about Johnson being on off the ball and saying when that famous game was it in 2003 when they, they sang the Fields of Rotten Rye, he said that was one of the only moments in my life when the Hares were literally standing up make Lansdowne Road a fortress today don't make it a place to be getting your phone out
1: and maybe get your drinks in at halftime.
2: Yes, I meant to mention that as well. Or get two in before the game if you're yes. that way inclined. But And in fairness, I was at the French game myself and that was notable. People were not walking in front of each other. But like, let's make this the old lands on road today when we weren't an extremely wealthy country. We certainly weren't a country that was dominating more rugby and we were a country that really got behind a team because this is a special team. It certainly is. Yeah, um, Let's talk briefly as well because we will be talking a lot
1: of rugby briefly about the League of Ireland Jack Burns goal last night, lads yeah absolutely I was just watching it before we came in there and it's he's just so typical of you know that player that just kind of exudes confidence we're talking about the rugby players having confidence he's somebody that has that you know just has that little bit of a space um, sort of shifts it onto the outside you think he's going to kind of hit across his body but then goes right into the top right hand corner and it's just one of those goals that you kind of have to see it to, to really feel it but just one of those players that can do something out of nothing really and, like and, and, and briefly Cameron um, the Hartman skill for the Sligo's
2: goal um, you may not have seen but I showed you a little cameo of Will Patching as well oh, uh, the
3: League of Ireland is just in a great place at the moment it was the most stop at Will Patching <laughs> skill I've ever seen it, it is absolutely brilliant to watch right now I went to I was trying to go to a game last night, but uh, time got away from me a bit.
2: Time got away from you. Well, bit, I mean, you're yeah. you from. I mean, you're <laughs> playing around with your words there. Yeah, 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 time I mean, got away from it me. Just, yeah, it's like let's I was still that way.
3: still drinking cans with your mates, probably. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But um, I was at Shell's Bohemians um, a few weeks ago in Tolka and ah, the atmosphere was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, they're genuinely. I know we've talked about it, and it, it can be somewhat. Uh, self-fulfilling and self-aggrandizing but there is definitely a wave of people coming to the league this year which is fantastic to see because it is a good product and it's become a really good product and they're putting a lot of work into making it a good product so it's paying dividends and I
2: mentioned Brexit actually one of the fallouts of Brexit is that we've all these kids now staying in Ireland some of them playing with the 17s who are doing amazing things as well Um, there's a rugby game today there is actually all eyes will be on the Aviva
1: Stadium not all eyes
2: because uh, some people are going to these six bars but anyway
1: possibly possibly (laughs) a lot of eyes will be on the Aviva Stadium this evening Ireland taking on England in the final game of the Six Nations the English come into the game off the back of their humiliating 53-10 defeat to France last time out and we can hear now from Andy Farrell, who's expecting a big response from Steve Borthwick's team.
4: Well, I mean, what they have been saying, you know, Ellis Genge saying that they're going to come out and fight, of course, 100%, they, they, they will. They're going to be... They're going to be formidable opponents at the weekend for us, they are. Um, I know the quality of play that they've got, and, you know, watching them also in the in, in the Six Nations and in patches that we've seen... Um, in the, in the attacking game when it's been flowing, etc., that they're as is, there is dangerous as anyone in the competition. So, um, I think they'll have the emotional edge. Obviously, there's 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 nothing there's no better tonic, is there, than um, getting back out there and playing again and and putting a few things right. So, um, we we'll expect them to be way better than than. Um, than uh, the best so far because um, I know that's what's in them you know I know I know the fight that's in the in the players and the coaching staff etc and uh, I suppose in many ways this is the perfect weekend for them so we're expecting them to be a, be a, um, at the best and yeah that that's good for us you know again it allows us to to, to challenge ourselves we, we've performed pretty well in big games but it's never been perfect and I think it's that's 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 the answer uh, really that we're always chasing something and when when you're trying to be the team that you you know you can be it's pretty difficult to, to to nail that down every single week you know so there's always something to chase and our potential hasn't been reached yet so there's always a realization of what we're trying to get after and achieve and that's always bigger than than the result, you know, so keeps us pretty grounded.
2: Just on the the game at the moment in as well I've gotten some uh, I've gotten great great kick out of how competitive Italy have been this tournament as much as it hasn't exactly gone their way on the
1: scoreboard uh, on the points board they're actually becoming a side that nobody can take for granted at the moment the Six Nations No absolutely we're watching Scotland Italy and one of you know this game is the the lesser of the three on today but you know there's definitely a bit of interest in it because you know you're you're looking at Scotland improving as well it's currently 12-6 just coming up to half time Scotland uh, have had the better of the attacks but the Italian defence I think is something that's really kind of improved in, in this year you know they were always a team that would give away multiple penalties and they do still have that little bit of indiscipline in them but uh, they certainly improved on that and you know there are always going to be a joy going forward and we're, we're just watching Scotland uh, maybe getting in for their third try it's just been slapped down again there's decent defending uh, an Italian getting themselves just in the way and uh, they might just escape with this and they have uh, so 43 minutes on the clock and uh, they're just going to kick this out so Scotland 12 Italy 6 Duhan van der Merve with an absolute wonder try in the corner. Uh, managed to just keep himself in the air enough to uh, get the ball touched down. And Blair Kinghorn, who's in for uh, Russell today, uh, he managed to get the second try, although he's only um, he's missed one of the conversions. So hopefully we might see Ben Healy coming on as well, uh, getting his first uh, involvement with Scotland. And France v Wales. France v Wales, of course. A quarter to three is the other big game. Uh, let's take a look at the soccer action then today. Tottenham will look to overtake Manchester United and Doesn't move up to... call it soccer, do you? I do, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah it is a... It I like to call it football now in <laughs> the US. <laughs> like the South American way. Yes. So
2: like. <laughs> yeah. I remember, um, yeah, I made at home. We were going up to a game one day and. Uh it was there was another lad in the car and it was like a Gaelic game
1: big Gaelic game and he said what time's kick
2: off it's <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> anyway Spurs are looking to overtake Man United and go up to third in the Premier League today they travel to bottom side Southampton who could go as high as 16th if they get the victory today weird to think that Spurs can go up to third even though they're having
2: yeah because like it, JD yeah. and Shane Keegan every
1: time Shane's are like, like essentially we're not that good we're actually not good at all and mm-hmm. there we are exactly but uh, that's one of the four 3 o'clock games in the English top flight this afternoon uh, Bournemouth can move out of the drop zone with a win at Aston Villa their relegation rivals Leeds take on Wolves at Molyneux while Brentford entertain Leicester last night Newcastle moved to within a point of Spurs that was with a 2-1 win at Nottingham Forest meanwhile Vincent Company returns to the Etihad later his Burnley side face Manchester City in the FA Cup quarterfinal at a quarter to six his former boss Pep Guardiola has been effusive in his praise of the ex-City captain who of course won four league titles at the Etihad and Pep is backing company to come back one day as manager
0: everybody knows it is an important incredible figure here uh is one of the biggest legend i had and uh, personally i have one a little you know it was a pity the fact that in some times was a lot of time injured when we were together but the important thing of that is the fact that uh since the day one, how he helped me. So arrive here from another country, I don't know the Premier League, and and he's in the locker room in the in the bad moments. How he make all the time a step forward to help the team. Of course, the, personally to me, say the things what he believes is the best for for the club. So He was an exceptional captain, uh, uh, a top human being, and. Uh, and I think uh, I'm I'm really pleased. So, on the other side, I'm a little bit uh, concerned because the fact when you start to be play a game with the, in the touchline for your opponent is a player that you had, you realize how old you are becoming. So, and that is a little bit uh, frustrating. But it's nice to see him today. But of course, he want to win. We want to win, and we'll be yeah, we will take it seriously.
4: You've spoken about, I think, saying it's his destiny one day to come back here and, and be a manager. I mean, how soon c- can that happen for someone like Vincent?
0: Absolutely, I don't know. So maybe he's not agree with me, but after seeing his teams, I'm more than convinced. These two days, I'm more than convinced that he's going to come back. But the fact when I said when I make weeks ago, I said my my feelings and this I don't know that's going to happen
2: yeah Vincent Company did not need, need that anyway and uh, I I think don't think
1: he enjoyed it all that much either putting no. a bit of pressure on him
2: great piece in the Guardian today as well we're talking about stuff in the paper and obviously do support uh, journalism great piece in the Guardian about companies rising
1: I got the feeling he didn't like that at all no certainly not um, here at home Shamrock Rovers are still waiting for their first win in this season's League of Ireland Premier Division the Hoops were held to a 2-all draw with St. Pat's at Tallaght Stadium last night uh, just if there are any Pat's fans watching Jake Mulraney's goal was pretty decent as well elsewhere it that finished in Cork, right. City. No <laughs> fans, no, uh, Cork City no Jack No, Cork City nil Shelburne 2 we had Bowes beating UCD 2-1 we'll hear from Gary Cronin on that later on and Derry City and Sligo Rovers played out a 1-all draw there are two games on in the first division this afternoon first up Waterford take on Bray from 3 o'clock while the evening game kicks off at 7.30 at Bishopsgate that's Longford coming up against Finn Harps in the women's game then there's a massive clash in the Premier Division this afternoon Shelburne and Shamrock Rovers do battle at 2 o'clock in one of five fixtures in the Women's National League today also at 2 a Galway play host to Bohemians at 4 o'clock it's the meeting of DLR Waves and Cork City and our later, Sligo Rovers take on p United while at the same time Treaty United face off against Athlone Rangers manager Michael Beale has urged his team to go into the international break on a high they're facing Motherwell in the Scottish Premiership this afternoon victory this lunchtime can move them to within six points of leaders Celtic who don't play until later It's uh, Celtic will take on Hibernian at three o'clock and it's currently Motherwell one Rangers one uh, James Tavenier has equalised for the Jers in Gala games Armagh and Galway look to boost their prospects of reaching the Division 1 final in the Allianz National Football League later they face off against the each other at the athletic grounds where throw in is at five o'clock. Then at half seven, Kerry welcome Common to Tralee and in Division Two, old rivals Meath and Dublin square off in Navan from three o'clock. In golf, Tommy McKibben is well into his third round at the SDC Championship in South Africa this afternoon. The Belfast man has moved up the table somewhat. He's in a tie for 13th. He's two under after six today. That leaves him five under all round. But it's Christian Johansson of Norway who leads on. 12 under par and finally then in some racing news there's no rest for the wicked as goal cup winning jockey Paul Townend is back in action less than 24 hours after capturing one of racing's biggest prizes he led Galpin de Champ to victory in the goal cup yesterday but is booked for three rides at Thurles this afternoon the first of those gets underway as 5-2 to two. very briefly prediction in the rugby uh, Ireland by 7
3: I think Ireland by 15 and 50. going down the Andy Dunn route Yeah, well, it worked out well for him. no,
2: Andy Dunn was calling it. That was against uh, the grain a bit. Fifteen is pretty
1: much the expected by the bookmakers. Seven,
3: yeah, seven's very little.
1: I, I, I would rather just get over the line. I, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx anything.
2: Yeah we'll see um, I, I don't know much about rugby but I can tell you you're both wrong on this one Ireland are going to absolutely batter England today or not who knows um, it'll all, it's all ahead of us anyway remember as you're it is dangerous this expectation that like England are wounded as well there's no way they can that's, be that's what bad. I'm afraid they, of. they are wounded Luckily, yeah, yeah. and Borthwick is a wounded man and um, been a national pride remember as you're bringing on sport this weekend to pick out your best performance of the weekend whether it's a player manager or even the referee uh, and we will talk about referees as well later on the show Um, lots of chat about League of Ireland refereeing at the moment tune into uh, otb's instagram page on sunday evening this week and leave your selection in the comments under our performance rankings post and if your selection matches our top pick live on monday's otb am there then you're in with the chance of winning a gillette labs exfoliating razor shaving gel and a refill blades pack uh, that's the gillette labs performance rankings for an effortless finish to your day loads of rugby now next